What's good, community? Welcome back to the Sex Kiki Podcast, the podcast about all things sex, life, and the queer experience. From me, your host, Goddess Coco, thotting and bopping between Chicago and Atlanta. My pronouns are she, they, that bitch, and goddess. I'm a pleasure activist, kinky feline, dom, and solo poly seductress. I love to play with my prey. On this um, podcast, you know I share excerpts from my sex journal. So today's excerpt I wrote. I've been feeling very empowered these days. My intuition and I have been in a beautiful rhythm. I'm better at identifying connections that are a liability and those that are worth the investment. It's not about hard nose or inflamed trauma, but being in, in tune with my embodied yes. So today... You know, y'all, I'm really about that embodied yes, okay? Because, <laughs> woo! So today we're going to be um, having a Sex Kiki mixed down with Jackson. Some of y'all have met Jackson in real life at Sex Kiki play parties. Um, so, you know, we're going to kiki down today about sex, love, and comedy. But before we get into it, I got to let y'all know about Jackson, for those of y'all who are new to it, to Jackson's flow and prose, okay? Um, Jackson is a New York-based artist. They use they, he pronouns. They're a black, queer, trans, non-binary artist and educator. In their own work, Jackson feels most called to explore themes of race, class, gender, sexuality, and spirituality. Um, what's up, Jackson? Hey. Um, I'm so excited, y'all, especially on the spirituality tip, because that is how me and Jackson um, know each other in real life through our chanting practice, um, a Nietzschean Buddhist practice. So we chant. Yes, we chant and we believe in the mystic law of cause and effect. Mm. So we have made causes, y'all, in our sex positive lives and we are manifesting that with y'all today on this podcast. So get into it. Okay. I know that's right. (laughs) So I wanted to start by asking you, how has your dating experiences informed your stand-up? Well, it's given me a lot of great material. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, human interaction is fraught (laughs) with, uh, especially as a trans person, Mm. as a trans black queer person with a lot of just like opportunities for awkwardness. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that is, it's, it's comedy gold, actually. (laughs) Um, So, um, But I think it also, you know, has given me a way to connect with audiences because everyone, I think, no matter what your dating experience is, everyone can relate to just the sort of like weird, bizarre moments that you can have around meeting Mm, a new person. That's real. And negotiating, you know, intimacy. Honestly, the fact that you said negotiation is so important, right? Because that's the key to it. Um, I believe that intentional negotiation is really such a powerful tool. And it, it creates so much space for abundance when you know people's interests or, you know, boundaries and also just like things that people are in process with, what they're trying to learn, what they're trying to go within. And so I feel like, you know, I, I think my most like fond or like really explosive, I'll say like very um, insightful memory of you is the roast for your birthday. Oh my gosh. And wow. you were better at roasting motherfuckers than they was at roasting yeah. you. So many people. Melissa Dupree, who is also a comedian and an actor, says the same thing. She was also at that event. And that is, I guess, that is a standout moment for me in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really just disappointed. There was so much they could have roasted me for. And I was like, I don't understand why everyone is taking it so easy on me. But, you know. Maybe because you're the one that had more of the material and they did not. I mean, you know, we were we had those experiences together, though. But, you know. That's whatever. true. That's you know, true. You can lead them to water. 
<laughs> that's very true. So, that's so true. But, you know, I think what you're saying is interesting because I think comedy also and humor in general gives you a really wonderful framework for how to deal with those negotiations, mm. which can be strange, uncomfortable, you know, mm. um, but being able to have a sense of humor, I think, always helps, you know. So, yes, yeah, I believe if we can, you know, sort of, um, what's the word, you know, be vulnerable. Really, that's what it is. It's mm. it's about being vulnerable and, you know, sort of making fun of ourselves or allowing ourselves to be a part of the joke, you yeah. know, as well. You know, yeah. that, like, it can definitely sort of, like, ease those moments of, like, tension mm-hmm. um, and also, like, make them more enjoyable, ultimately. Because, yeah. like, laughter is always going to be better than whatever other mm. <laughs> grimacing or, you know, yeah. you know, a lot of weird stuff can come up when you get to your sexuality. So, so I think true. being able to break it up with laughter mm-hmm. will, no matter what, make the experience more lighthearted and enjoyable. I know, right? I'm like, and people so. really be like nervous and like timid and like, you know, I, I think you, we were talking, you know, having a conversation recently and you were talking about ex- expectations and like, you know, not having expectations or, yeah. or, 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 well, and what I took away from that or also naming them so people can like, Consent to if they can like live up to that expectation, right? Um, is is something that I've been activating in my, you know, I guess um, non-existent dating life. I, I just kind of been like dating myself. I'm not even gonna lie. Absolutely, <laughs> that's true. I mean, I feel like I date like you know that's interesting. Dating and then like sex are not yeah, necessarily the mm-hmm. same thing for me. I feel like sex. I date myself. I date my friends and my family in Agreed. a way always. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there is a small pocket of my life that is also about, you know, meeting other adults and, you know, ne- negotiating sexual and intimate mm-hmm. relationships. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm, thank you for saying that. I think that's so beautiful of, like, you know, like, I, I found that most of my, like, um, dating or romanticism has come from, like, the the friendship, like, romantic friendships or, like, right. loving on friends and, like, you know, that could be giving gifts or whatever the love language is. I feel like friends, like, the, the love language aspect has been really great within the friends that I have. So I'm definitely um, echo that. I think that people kind of sleep on that. Yeah, I mean, and I put a lot into dates. So, like, if I'm dating <laughs> someone, that is a real investment for me because mm. I love dates. I love to plan dates. I like to plan experiences for people. Mm. Um, and I don't do that for just anybody and everybody you know Mm -hmm. so you know if I'm actually like actively dating someone Mm -hmm. that is like that's a real real you're like that's a significant thing for me (laughs) yeah no that's really special I think that people um don't have kind of forgotten the art of that um and like really um I don't know if you need to be like an event planner and all that like logistically that can be its own thing but like think about your like skills and the things that like you know bring you joy and like incorporating that in the date like everyone's dating style or planning style or you know idea fun looks different but it's like it ain't gotta look like everybody else's just just have fun I mean I think effort goes a long way it really do so I think it's about knowing yourself Mm -hmm. and then you know setting yourself up in ways that will make you successful. That's so if so you're real. not someone who's, you know, really savvy at planning dates, I think you can be that and be upfront, but then figure out what is going to be the thing you need to do, mm-hmm. depending on who you're dating, you know, yeah. um, to be successful in your relationship. No, that's so real. And when it comes to relationships, what empowers you in them? And, like, how do you identify a connection that is worth investing in and going that, like and creating that date, planning that date? I think boundaries is the answer for both, actually. Mm. So, you know, having boundaries, having those boundaries expressed, and also having someone else date and express their boundaries mm-hmm. empowers me in a relationship, you know? And I think it's also a measure for 
whether or not I feel like I can invest, if I feel like my boundaries are being heard Mm -hmm. and respected, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm also in alignment with the other person's boundaries, then it's like this feels like a relationship where things can get done. Um, So I would say boundaries and also whether or not your needs are getting met, you know, Mm -hmm. being able to, and, you know, meeting my own while I'm in a relationship with that person and then also, you know, really being cognizant and aware of what needs the relationship you know, is meeting or, Mm -hmm. you know, are there needs, you know, because I don't necessarily think another person or relationship is responsible for meeting my needs. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is, you know, as humans, we are a resource to one another. Mm -hmm. So I think you do need to be aware of like, what are you getting out of? What is the value that is being created in the relationship? That's like a Buddhist principle. Right. Value creating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that is also, you know, like how much we're able to create value together is something that I look at when I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. really investing, Mm -hmm. you know, and then there's like the basic shit of like, do I enjoy my time with you? You know, I think some things are actually more simple. Mm -hmm. We've complicated certain things, (laughs) you know, and I think, you know, how you feel with a person is actually the most important thing. That's so true. You know, and how, you know, if you feel safe, if you feel comfortable, if you feel confident, you know. Mm. Um, But if you have doubts about those things, that's usually when, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. I need more boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, self-love, self-care, self, you know, breaking through personal traumas. Because sometimes it's like, I don't know, I'm like, we all reflections. Like, I believe that. But also, I feel like we can, um, we can also, like, project and... And I'm like, how much of this, like, it's always like that thing of like, how much of this is your stuff and how much of this is my stuff? Right. And like, our, is our stuff compatible? Because like, okay. Because like, not everybody, like, some people's stuff, I'm just like, I don't even want to try to, right. I don't even want to try to make no meal with this. I don't right. want to try to. I'm always like, can we laugh about it? You know, I think that's, and it's like, can we, can we find the humor in it though? Mm. Because I think I'm fine with making a fool of myself and, mm. you know, being sort of a clown as a comedian, <laughs> you know. And mm. um, I think there is a moment to be serious, but I think you should be serious about everything, including fun, right? Mm. So, you know, um, can we have a sense of humor about whatever our stuff is? Because I think then, again, you can maybe deal with it a little bit easier um, mm. because yeah, you're the right. the airiness, the lightheartedness right. to me is... is yeah, is what I'm hearing. I mean, my, as a Venus and Gemini person, I'm like, keep it airy, keep it light, keep it right. cute, keep it fun. Um, I can to step outside. You know, if I can step outside of myself and mm-hmm. think about myself as more of a character sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, um, then I can laugh at myself and be like, you know what? This is what's wrong with me, actually. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and here's mm-hmm. the, here are the things about me that are yeah. quirky or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that I could see this person maybe having a hard time with, you yeah. know? My thing has been expectations. I'm like, I have a lot of expectations. Now I'm like, oh, let me just, like, name them or, like, identify what what I'm expecting and why that is. And is it, like, am I putting too much pressure on a situation or myself mm-hmm. or that dynamic? And does it really, like... What is the investment? Sometimes stuff, you know, it doesn't need to be Yeah. so long. Like I don't know. I'm I don't really think about longevity as like um I can't think of the word. Marker of success. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't think of, of that because I'm like, mm. That's one thing I'm like my intuition been in rhythm because like there's been so many changes around, you know, relationships that I've been in and I'm like, you know, also like I feel like for me, listening to my intuition has made relationships are more lighthearted mm-hmm. because then I'm like I'm taking responsibility for my embodied yes what I know to right. be true for myself like you know what I'm saying we all got multiple truths right. but I'm like like my intuition is there to support me 
And so, therefore, when I listen to that, I I really I put put less pressure on the people I've realized with when it comes to my like I guess like my shadow aspect of like expectations. You know, like when I was hard drilling expectations and like being so straight edged about shit. I'm like, oh, actually, it's just like my lack of listening to my embodied yes. Right. I was gonna say um, I once had a. Um, woman say to me, this is another person who practiced Buddhism. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about, but she said, you know what the opposite of appreciation is? And I said, no, what? She said, expectation. Mm. And I just remember it was like a mind blown. (laughs) I'm like, wow, I need to hear that. (laughs) Moment for me. I never heard that before. And I feel like what I took from that was that when you're in a state of appreciating things, you are open. Mm. And that, you know, expectation comes with a certain level of of being closed off or having already decided the capacity of something. That's very real. Um, Yeah, that's that shadow aspect of myself that I'm like, oh, I need to. Yeah. So and I mean, the reality is, is as humans, we all do it. Mm -hmm. So it's not a good or bad thing. Again, it's about the awareness and about, well, how can I? redirect it into something that's going to create value. Mm-hmm. So if I'm really having a hard time with my expectations not being met or meeting expectations, mm-hmm. um, what's another way that I can look at the situation and not feel like I'm missing something mm-hmm. or not getting something, you know? So mm-hmm. it's that abundance mentality that you're talking about earlier, mm-hmm. too, of like, you know, how do I live in a place where, you know, my embodied yes, mm-hmm. and I focus on that instead of what's not working, what I'm not getting, who's not living up to... Because, you know, I'm a Virgo rising. No one really actually ever (laughs) lives up to... I'm Beyonce in the back... You know, like, Beyonce is the back of my mind. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm a Taurus sun and moon, and I'm a Virgo rising. So the Taurus wants all kinds of beautiful things, and the Virgo sun or rising wants it to be perfect. You know? It's like... (laughs) So, you know... um, because of that, I'm like, okay, you have to find another way to quantify things. Yes. <laughs> because no one's ever really going to mm. fully live up to your expectations because they're yours and they're not necessarily based on anything else with these other people, mm. right? You know, this you, you know. Yeah, that's so. my expectations have been a part of my human revolution. And right. I love that. I love the hearing that quote. Right. Um, say that one more time. That appreciation is the opposite of expectation. Wow. Mm. Right. Right. Dang. So let's talk about sexual dynamics. Okay. Because I know you said, you know, dating and, I mean, sex, they're not, you know, they, they live, sometimes they're partners, sometimes they live apart from each That's other. That's true. Um, uh-huh. So uh, how do you decide um, when you want to partake in a sexual encounter with someone? Is there, like, a reoccurring theme or? I think I'm, you, well, you know, sometimes they are just arranged. You know, I'll be honest. Okay? That's really yeah. I am not beyond scratching an itch. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been moments in my life where, yeah, it's it's like that's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm using the apps or even if I'm just like, you know, out, you know, b- back in the day when we were outside. <laughs> um, sometimes they're just specific. It's like this is what I'm, I'm looking for. Um, when that's not the case and I find myself attracted to someone, it's usually based on communication. Mm-hmm. So I think I am a pansexual person. Mm-hmm. I am attracted to all different types of people. Mm-hmm. And usually it is based on my curiosity about how our communication will translate into a sexual experience. Mm. So I think people that I feel like I can communicate well with mm. are, are people that I often end up being sexually compatible sexually, with. Sexually compatible and interested in, you mm. know. But then there are just sort of like physical things, you know, like I love like good skin, mm. you know, 
nice teeth, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, just someone who is, you know, takes care of themselves. Who, right, who, good where, hygiene. Where the, yeah, mm-hmm. where the self-care feels mm-hmm. it's like it's a parent in a mm-hmm. way that um, involves things being smooth. <laughs> You know, soft and supple. Soft and supple. You know, um, we were talking about aromatherapy the other day. Mm. I am very, you know, sensitive. And it's like, you know, I humans all have different smells, but I think there is pheromones. So it's about whether or not, you know, I like their smell, you know. Oh, that's my my number one cue. Smell is like, especially as a person who has sensory processing disorder, so smells can literally make or break my whole day. Right. Um, That sounds too... Right. light whatever but right. when I like someone's smell it's just hard to um it's just wow I mean that's it, it's a it's a, it's a <laughs> like, physiological I gotta, yeah. response I think yeah I'm just like wow that's the word that I have wow that's all I gotta say <laughs> I'm like wow because right. it's not it's not and it can be too like the the fragrance complimenting the person's natural body scent or right. like even without any fragrance like you know I'm I'm open to both but I literally cannot stand artificial smells yeah no I agree so I'm like, I mean, some Can people be like, yeah, I'm wearing cologne. I'm like, well, this is so complimentary on you that it don't even smell like a artificial fragrance. You figured it out. You did that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like, I'm proud of you because. Mm-hmm. You got to know. You yeah. Know. And that's, yeah. I mean, I appreciate it too, though, because like somebody who you don't like it, no matter what it is, it's very clear. <laughs> you mm. know, if somebody gives you a headache just from smelling them. <laughs> Then, you know, it's a no. It's, it's, it's a, a very no. clear no. No, my body said hell no. <laughs> so, so yeah, I feel like you know those those things are definitely like indicators, you know. Um, and then also, you know, again, effort. So I think I'm attracted to people who also put can put themselves out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a trans person, I'm still mostly turning people out in most of my relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm I'm still the one like coming in with what feels like a new set of skills or perspective. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I'm phrasing this the way that I'm thinking about it. But, you know, mm-hmm. y- you know what it means to get turned out. So <laughs> that's what I feel like I'm still the one doing that, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever that looks like in a lot of different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're not, you know, as a society, educated about trans bodies. And mm-hmm. the interest is sometimes not you know, an affirming interest. It's mm. sometimes just fetish, fetishized and, mm. you know, we're at a weird place. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's rare to meet someone who has a lot of experience. Mm. And if, if they do, then it's like, why? You know, mm. <laughs> then there's another investigation saying. that needs to happen. And then once mm. they've cleared that investigation, mm. you know, then it's like, okay, this could this could be in, in you know, our favor or not. Yeah. Depending, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yes, be because we're also not a monolith, right? So you can't right. apply all of the same information to one, every person. Yeah. You know? No, one, not one group. Not, no. Right. Not one identity. No. Yeah. Like, yeah, the art of it, the practice, right. you know, um, that's another question I have for you about practice because I feel like I hear you use the word practice a lot or more than other people that I communicate with as like sex as an active practice right um I feel like people use the word skill or um I guess skill okay (laughs) but like with you I often hear the word practice so I'm wondering like what modalities um have you kind of acquired over time to help you be mindful in sex as a practice uh, that's a really great question. I mean, reading is always, you know, 
fundamental. Um, so You're somebody. Yeah. I think, you know, now though we live in an age where, you know, we do have the internet, we do have social media, um, but I think it, it all stems from an interest to learn, right? So, you know, education, I guess, maybe is the modality. Mm-hmm. Um, however you do that, for me, I like to read, but, you know, it could be listening to podcasts like this one. Mm-hmm. It could be following, you know, your favorite, you know, sex positive, you know, Instagram influencer. Mm-hmm. But I think an effort to continue to educate you know, myself is definitely something mm-hmm. that I use. Um, I feel like masturbation is a modality. Mm-hmm. You know, I think having an active masturbation practice, yes. an active practice of just like touching your body, you don't necessarily even have to masturbate. I or like stimulate. To masturbate, like, but, yeah, I, I, I include all of that in masturbation. It's not like just some like genital practice. Right. It, the genital practice can be a part of that or that, that um, you know, intentional touch with genitals is super important and body affirmation and also to work through body dysmorphia masturbation is essential to me for that um so i definitely think that is such a beautiful like like touch um mirror meditations is super important for me like talking to yourself even like recording audio sexy audio recordings to yourself is something that i actively do um like i feel like that all is included in masturbation it's super helpful i think also masturbating and having you know with lovers in I mean, whoever, it, I mean, to whatever degree you want to, that is always applied to the type of dynamic, especially if you just scratch an itch. I don't know if that's part of it. <laughs> Not here, you know, you decide whatever the, um, what's on, what's on the menu for that occasion. Right. <laughs> but, Precisely. <laughs> but, okay. you know, um, it could be a great, um, initiation modality. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I love that. Like the, uh, educate. Cause like for me, it's like the education, I think about education segueing into, like, having a fruitful masturbation, self-love practice, right? Right. And then that translating to, like, activating with other folks. So to me, it's like, because I have found in my, you know, pro-dom life, I have found that a lot of people might have read, but they're they're excelling or what was I saying to Courtney the other day? I'm like, they're they're thriving in practice and paralyzed. they're thriving in theory, but paralyzed in practice. Right. That's what I was saying. Right. And it's like, you know, you have to do something that's going to help you to, like, act, like actually, like, implement what you're reading because right. that's what it's there for. It's, it's there as a tool to get you to embody your your desires, right? Right. So it's yeah, it's the applied mm-hmm. applying the information. So yeah. it's one thing to obtain you know mm-hmm. the information. It's another thing to it's the next step in mm-hmm. you know learning. Mm-hmm. Actually, though, it's like once you've obtained the information, mm-hmm. then it's can you apply it and and how and the consciousness around how does it then influence what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, absolutely. I think that you know, beyond just having the information it is. And that's where the practice, it's like, it's doing it. But, you know, these are things that I think help inform your practice, you know, what you're actually doing. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you enrich that, you know? And Mm -hmm. if we're thinking about it in relationship to other people, especially, I think the relationship with self and what you, the work you do on your own, the education, the self-love, you know, bringing that to then your experiences with other people Mm -hmm. and, you know, your other relationships. Yeah. But if you're not doing it for yourself, then... Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And what um, do you feel like, even within queer community, do you feel like you've been affirmed in your connections? Do you feel like it's like your needs are getting met relationally? No, <laughs> we all, you know, we got people issues. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that there's less um, information and awareness maybe mm-hmm. around the things that you know, as a trans person, I might experience mm-hmm. that 
would, would lead to me either getting my needs met or not getting them met. But mm-hmm. in general, I think the negotiation of trying to meet needs in a relationship or, you know, between mm-hmm. two people or however many people mm-hmm. is always complica- complicated yeah. or complex. Maybe yeah. it's not complicated, but it's complex, complex yeah. you know, and nuanced and yeah. really is about the individual. So it's like yes mm-hmm. and no. Mm-hmm. You know, in one interaction or relationship with a person, I feel like mm-hmm. I've had both Mm-hmm. experiences where I felt really affirmed and experiences where I didn't feel so affirmed. Yeah. I was, I was wondering, because you said you're, the, earlier you said you're um, the person that's turning, up, turning people out. And, so I'm like wondering, like, you know, relationally, how um, are you feeling? Are you like feeling affirmed and just holding space for that? Because like being the person, I don't know, being the, I, I feel like there's more to life than being a top. I'm going to say that. Because. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, there's I'm, all kinds of ways to talk. Yeah, too. that's true too. But I'm just like <laughs> the the you know this is signed like this like um, projection of like what topping is right. or like what being a leader is right. or what it like being like people being new to your world right. means and that like that responsibility and that like all these things. I'm like to me that's like a level of. Um, like sometimes unconsensual responsibility mm-hmm. where, where like people project right. how they want to engage or like what that looks like right. and it's like no 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 or like you know even the idea of like what does it mean to be subby or like what is right. that role it's like it's they're all every, all these roles are and it should be an empowered position right so ideally <laughs> ideally yes. like i know that that looks so varied in real life but like like everyone is like oh my god you know Searching for tops, I feel like, like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. same, <laughs> and so are the tops. <laughs> yes, I'm like it's. Uh, I don't necessarily. I don't consider myself a top. Um, I, I, think I feel more switchy in my real life. I'm and like, very. These for versatile. I feel like I'm very versatile. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm I do, definitely switch. Yeah, I do think it. It's all about dynamics, but I feel like the top bottom. You know conversation and dynamic is still based on a really a nuanced mm-hmm. binary right and that yeah. Is the problem with yeah, it, yeah you know and that it's still just fraught with a lot of ambiguity that it's gets corrupted <laughs> so yeah you know there's just still this idea of a limitation instead mm-hmm. of like you said that all positions being in power positions mm-hmm. I, and I think it's that's where I'm doing my best to move away from that language because it just Mm. doesn't actually feel expansive enough. Mm. Um, And it doesn't leave enough room for exploration and nuance Mm. and and the fact that things change, which, you know, I as a trans person, that is my living experience is that things transform and evolve. And so, you know, trying to think about things in ways that don't make room for that is just really difficult for me. You know, Mm. I'm just like, I don't, I personally don't get it. So (laughs) I I do understand identifying, you know, what your comfort zone is, Mm. you know, and maybe being able to like categorize it in in a a way. Um, But I also think that the language should only be there to help us have a conversation, not to limit us in that conversation. Right. Um, So, yeah. 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 I've been thinking a lot about that in the, like, in the kink BDSM world and, like, the performance of roles. Right. Um, And, like, also, like, how, like, what is the decolonial process of, like, embodying um, these roles and to feel empowered in whatever dynamic you're in. Right. Because... So I, I was reading on Twitter, someone was like, yeah, doms have, like, doms hold all the power. They take all the power. And I'm like, like, I don't know how to process that right. because I'm like, you have autonomy. Like, right. I don't ever, like, I'm not, like, when I'm engaging in kink sex or whatever, like, I'm always thinking and making sure I'm being mindful of another person's autonomy and, like, how, right. 
and like how that we're um, wielding that. Right. And and because I'm like, what is the scene? What is the energy? Like, right. what is the embodiment? You know, and I and that's why negotiation has to be ongoing and progressive because that's what that's what the autonomy is. That's right. how you get, you know access it. But maybe that person was just expressing their own. Uh, what their own kink, you know? Maybe that's how they like to feel. That's a reoccurring theme on Twitter. I've been seeing. Right. So I'm like, it's a lot of. It's, I feel like it's a cultural. I think, of course, obviously there's people and there are situations where like people are pushing against that. But there on Twitter, I feel like there is this like normative binary like expectation of like and kink. Right. Like, and I'm over that. Right. <laughs> like, right. Right. You know, well, I think the kink world is still a mystery and for a lot of people mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. Um, I think there's an interest, but like a, a lack of commitment to really invest again in Ooh, the education. Say that again. <laughs> a <laughs> lack of commitment to invest in educating oneself about kink. So, you know, I think people kind of have their ear open to it. But, you know, again, it's easier to just be like, oh, that's that thing over there that mm. it doesn't have anything to do with me. This is my comfort zone. This is, you know, mm. I'm going to just stay over here in my lane. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the pieces that people get that they put together sometimes are incomplete. <laughs> I'll say it that way. Mm, I want to play a Cisco song. My life is incomplete. <laughs> and also everyone is in their own place and in, in process. That's real, too. You know, I think it's like mm. I definitely didn't end up at this place of, you know, being sexually positive and open and explorative, da-da-da, you know, overnight. It definitely mm. took me a lot of learning and unlearning. So It just took me a lot of acceptance to be like, damn, bitch, you just love your throat field at all times. <laughs> Like, my, like, I was like, man, I just want to be somebody's throat baby in real life. Like, that's what I'll be wanting. Well, because we're taught to judge mm-hmm. sex in a way that is not not humanistic, actually. Yeah. Um, and so then when we realize, like, we're interested in things or we like things or we don't like things, then we automatically, I think, jump to judging ourselves before mm-hmm. um, we can even get to the place of, like, just being like, it's a thing. It's okay. <laughs> you know? like Yeah, I'm doing this safe and consensually right. with care. And, right. like, yeah. And like, is it what I like? I mean, I think that question is, mm-hmm. you know, a question that is missing from a lot of people uh, in practice around their sexuality. Like, is it something what I that hear I... coming from, you know, people, you know, is like that there is not enough questioning of what do I like mm. me, mm-hmm. you know, not what do I think is going to make other people feel good or not, you know, but what is, what are the things that I enjoy, you know, you know sensorily, you know, uh, mentally, emotionally, you know, and getting really clear about like, Be sure to follow Sex Kiki on Twitter at underscore Sex Kiki. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, community. Peace.